Good evening and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football. It's a little bit of a sombre edition this week, as you can probably tell from the intro music. This was obviously the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Give It Away Now, purely because that's exactly what the Korean under-23 national team did on Saturday evening. When having a 2-0 lead over Japan, they threw it away and ended up losing 3-2. And having to come home and bow at the airport instead of coming home and accept the plaudits that they probably weren't due anyway because probably weren't due anyway because of that dodgy offside goal against Jordan that we talked about last week yeah but yeah it was a pretty uh, depressing game to watch uh, for 60 minutes uh, Korean national team were playing like can I just interrupt yes are we going straight into the football tonight no banter no talk of 80s music 80s movies or well based on avid podcast sorry new avid podcast listener uh, chief in Korea, I think he would rather that we we didn't uh, do the podcast, uh, that we didn't talk about <laughs> movies at the beginning, I think. Are we, are we not going to even talk about the uh, Scottish League Cup semi-finals? Um, so basically this was a podcast that used to be hosted by three people, then it was out to two and now there's only one left. <laughs> uh, Paul was in the way of hospital right now. Uh, football is shit, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. No, it's a very sombre podcast, not just because uh, Korea threw away a two-goal lead to Japan, but also my team, Celtic, threw away a 1-0 lead to the mighty Ross County. And Wednesday threw away a one-goal lead to Shrewsbury. In last, because I conceded two goals in the last five minutes to go out the FA Cup 3-2. But the thing I would say is, you'll probably find that Shrewsbury is actually a place. <laughs> and Ross isn't. Ross isn't. <laughs> There's a fucking guy's name. Pardon my friends for the first swearing word of the year, but yeah, it's like the famous thing on Sky Sports years and years and years ago when again Celtic lost in the final of the, of the League Cup. We really hate that tournament. We really hate it. We lost in the final at Ibrox actually to uh, a team called Wraith Rovers, and the famous Sky Sports quote was, "And they'll be dancing in the streets of Wraith tonight." Wraith Rovers come from a place called Kirkcaldy, but yeah, so Celtic out the League Cup. Korea lost in the final of the under-23s Wednesday. Out of the FA Cup. Out of the FA Cup. At least we still have Man United there. <laughs> They'll be dancing in the streets of Newton Heath tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, so we're just going to... No banter, although maybe that was just about three minutes of banter, but anyway, no banter this week, straight in. Not uh, to talk about, is there? <laughs> that's what she said. Um, and yeah, so I guess the first time we're going to talk about it is obviously the intro music was about the final. Paul, I know you watched it. Uh, you were texting me during it. Yeah. Uh, I do believe that those texts, I love you, I'm sorry, were probably not meant to be sent to me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> or maybe they were. Maybe you were apologising for last week's podcast. I was apologising for cheating on you. But what, <laughs> what happens in Jeju stays in Jeju, right? That's <laughs> well, so they say, apart from whenever I go to Jeju, and then you tell everyone in Seoul and a whole podcast <laughs> that what actually happened, yeah? So I guess what happens in Jeju doesn't always stay in Jeju. But anyway, anyway. Um, hopefully this week, guys, as well, just so you know, for those of us who, or those of you, sorry, who do like downloading uh, off of iTunes or listening to the podcast on SoundCloud, Paul was going to try and actually be a man, not get drunk, and come up with a better name for the podcast than pre-season podcast. <laughs> Which, I guess, was only worse than Goyang Zykara, that's what we'll talk about later. But yeah, not, not your best moment, Paul. 
maybe you could do the, the name this week. Uh, well, or you can just read about it on the blog as well. I guess when we off the blog, you'll see what the name of the podcast is as well. I guess it's a good point to actually now say that we do have a blog set up as well to mimic, mimic, to uh, run alongside the podcast. The blog is called www.48shadesblog.wordpress.com. So one more time, that's www.48shadesblog.wordpress.com. So if you want to read about us as well as listen to us, or instead of listening to us, then please go there. So anyway, Paul, back to the final. Yep. How about we take it half at a time, yeah? What did you make of the first half? Uh, well, the game itself was a game of two halves. It was indeed. As as uh, Jimmy Greaves might have said. And after the January we've had of celebrities back home, he must be feeling pretty nervous. <laughs> he right must now. be nervous, yeah. I mean, you've had David Bowie, Terry Wogan... And uh, the the guy that played Hans Gruber, whose name I can't remember, Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. Can't believe Terry Wogan's gone. But the thing is, at least with Terry Wogan going, I guess we'll get to see that David Icke interview again. <laughs> what were he claimed to be God? What he claimed to be the son of man and turquoise was a powerful colour. <laughs> David Icke, what a legend. Oh. Anyway, yeah. So it was a game of two halves. Uh, obviously. Hopefully touch with Jimmy still with us. Uh, Paul, what did you make of the offsides, first of all? Uh, I think they're both correct. Okay. One of them was quite close, but one of them was pretty clear, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it should be added, I guess, maybe mentioned that the two offsides were actually the Korean team who scored both the goals. Yeah. Well, had the ball in the net both times because none of them were actually goals, but... I think definitely like, the first one was close, maybe could have been either way, but I think it was definitely like, the right call. Yeah. The second one was obviously offside, yeah. uh, and the whistle went long before uh, Rue, I think it was, actually put the ball in the back of the net. Um, so yeah, I mean, okay, they had the ball in the back of the net actually three times in the first half. Uh, did a Kareem player get the final touch of any of those? Uh, I think the third one... It would have the, the guy who scored well. The Korean player would have claimed it, and then it would have gone to the dubious goals committee, and it would have been given as an own goal. I think. I think so. Yeah, it was a uh, Kwon Chang Hoon of uh, Suwon Blue Wings, who actually at that point in time was one goal shy of being joint top goal scorer. Uh, that uh, in the end it went to Saudi Arabian or an Iraqi player. I can't quite remember which one. Probably Qatari. I can't actually remember. Um, but yeah, he's he's second top goal scorer in the tournament. I mean, I think the technique was there. I mean, he seemed to catch it pretty well. Instead of it going straight, it went into the ground. I mean, as we know, that sometimes that can end up making the ball bounce back up over the keeper, or times it can make the ball kind of like, stick in the mud. Uh, I think it took most of the power out of the, of the shot. And then, quite what the Japanese defender was doing, I've no, I don't really know. You don't normally jump away from the ball into the ball. <laughs> you normally jump to the other side. But yeah, definitely off his knee. Pass a goalkeeper, 1-0. But at that point, it was fully deserved. I think yeah. Korea were definitely the better team yeah. at, at, at that point. I was really... Um, yeah, I think they deserved to be ahead. Uh, then, obviously, that, that was half-time. The Japanese team were really disappointing. This is a team that had won all five of their games and had only conceded two goals. And I thought they just looked poor as they didn't even cover it. 
I thought that they really just like as if they were disinterested. Almost like getting to Rio was all they'd actually came here to do. Uh, and that maybe their feeling of passion about Hanil John is not quite the same as as the Koreans. Don't say. <laughs> well, they don't call it that, don't they? They, they call it Nak- Nakatashi or something like that, yeah. But they have a name for it as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Hanil John is a, is a, is a Korean name. Um, which b- before the game, NBC the, the NBC commentators managed to shoehorn Hangyo John literally in every sentence. Actually, at one point in time, I thought there was a player called Han Il John on the pitch because they kept saying it that often. Uh, but anyway, next Han Il John will be first of March at Sangam. Seoul versus Hiroshima. It will be, yeah. Yep. Does it count me? Like all all soccer teams, not just a national team. Because I know like it counts with the the female team and stuff. Like that. I wasn't sure if it counted with all. That, that's the way Solar um, are uh, marketing it. What's well, so it's been marketed as Hanil John. Uh, Hanil John on Independence. Is it Independence Day? First it's one March. of those days, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're saying, how could we get a, a Japanese team on a on a day that sort of celebrates our independence from Japan? It's going to make it very spicy. Yeah, I, I actually may be having a, a company a company team building at that game so I might be there not with the Diablos but maybe near the back with like about 15 t-shirts so so do you want me to bring 15 Diablos cards along so you can say hello. get them all signed up <laughs> yeah well I was supposed to say bring 15 Diablos season tickets so I don't need to pay <laughs> anyway uh, so that was half time everyone was looking good everyone was looking rosy um, looked as if they were completely in control same as they were against Jordan granted but you never really Same saw. They were against Qatar in the semi as well. Right? Yeah, you, you never really seen what was coming. I mean, like, I mean, even though it had happened against Jordan and Qatar, you still you didn't really believe it was going to happen. And, and this, I don't know, like J- Japan looked disinterested. That was all I could think. So then, second half starts. Uh, what two minutes, ninety seconds? About that. Quan uh, Chang Hoon, I think, puts the ball in, and uh, Jin Sung Uk, uh, beautiful turn in the box. Uh, Flaffy to the goalkeeper, no chance of a deflection this time. It was a, it was a brilliant goal, a really good goal. Uh, 2-0, could, could be 5-0 at this point. Korea have another three or four chances. And then it all goes to shape a shit, I guess. Is only worth for it. When, uh, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know who the, who the Japanese manager is. Some Japanese guy. Yeah, obviously. I can picture him because they saw him cheering wildly. Yeah, yeah. It looks like they kind of adage he would like serve you a, a, a really bad cocoa curry on a Saturday night. But anyway, um, like he brings on Asano, who plays for San Fretti Hiroshima. So look out for him, I guess, at the next handle, John, because you kind of change this one. He's only pitched six minutes, five, six minutes. Yeah. Um, balls put clean through, and he, yeah, runs one on one with the goalkeeper. Flips over the keeper. I mean, I'm not convinced the keeper couldn't have done better. I think he went down a little bit early. Uh, he is, well, in the lead-up to that game, he was the Songnam goalkeeper, but I'm just going to say that he actually is at Yonsei University. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do with him after conceding three goals. Um, again, Korea, 2-1, OK. Japan are back in the game, but keep it tight. Keep it tight for ten minutes. Get yeah. get composed. Yeah. Get composed, not caponed. I think that is what they did. I think they got caponed and ended up in Alcatraz. I don't know really what, but the next thing you know, like, yeah, straight from the kickoff as well. Like, Korea take the ball. I had even lost. I have no idea. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching with a bunch of people, and uh, we were just talking about the first goal, and sort of everyone took their eyes off the screen, and you, you know, the commentators, commentators going wild again, and it's like, switch back, what? Is that a replay? No, it's 2-2? Two -two? That wasn't a replay? Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched the highlights again, and I still don't know how Korea lost it from the kickoff. They literally took the ball and just lost it. But wasn't the second goal defensively terrible anyway? Yeah, that, that's, an, that's, that's what I mean. You can't actually beat that out of shape from a kickoff. You actually can't be. Yeah. It's tactically impossible to like not have run back into your your formation. Yeah. Uh, why there was no defenders in the box and no one in the wing, I have no idea. I, I don't understand how you can lose a goal. Usually, like, you know, if you can see the goal... Uh, and another team kicks off, then you start charging at them because you just lost a goal in a D space or whatever. But I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, cut a long story short, uh, it was two each. So they gone from 2 0 to two each in about 90 seconds. 90 seconds, yeah. Which was uh, pretty amazing. And then from there, Korea just never looked like they had the heart, never looked like they had the belief. And Japan just ran out comfortable winners. When with 10 minutes left, actually Korea were attacking, I think it was Kwon Chang Hoon, had a shot off the Japanese player, the ball fell into midfield, the guy put it through, and Asano ran through, one of them on the keeper again, just like in a simple, simple finish, made it 3-2, and yeah, deserved, fully deserved win, has to be said, even though they only played for actually 21 minutes of the 90, uh, in those 21 minutes they were heading towards above Korea. And again, it's just another example of that a Korean team, a Korean national team, being completely unable to kill the opposition. They've uh, been completely, you know, we've seen it uh, in the Asian Cup last year, you know, against uh, Uzbekistan, against Australia, just like being unable to like, kill the game. We've seen it uh, in World Cups, we've seen it in the East Asian Cup, and we've seen it in the K League. You know, when they go into Europe, and any Europe, when they go into the Asian Champions League, like we've seen it, Korean teams just don't have that colour, they just don't have the colour, the colour instinct. They're the England of yeah. Asia. But, it, it, but I think what you'll find if you actually look at the K-League as well, it's the same in the K-League Classic. Maybe not so much in the K-League Challenge, I don't really know, I guess, but I think it is, but I mean, definitely in the Classic, how many times, for example, have you seen Songnam, Seoul, like be one 0 ahead and lose a you know like a last minute equaliser just because they don't call teams off. Well, I think if you looked at the uh, videos I put up on the Diablos page last week, the yeah. song them that's happened to them about five or six times just to solve. Yeah, last minute. Well, we've got a, yeah. I mean, we've got a real habit of doing that. I mean, and the fact that uh, in those videos the manager of that Songnam team for at least half of them was Shinta Young, uh, I might actually explain what happened on, on Saturday night as well. Yeah. So yeah, so the short version is that it was a, uh, I mean, what do you think, a successful tournament in the end? Okay, they lost the final, but do you think, did, they, did the young boys do well? Did they, were you impressed by, by any players in particular? guy that plays for Leverkusen was pretty impressive. Uh, Russo. Ru yeah. yeah, yeah, he was okay. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that the other German player, I think he plays at Hamburg, I think, uh, he chan was actually allowed to go back once they qualified for the final. So once they got through the semi-final, he was allowed to go back to, to uh, Germany. Which I guess maybe made you, at that point in time, think, well, if they're sending players home there, they're obviously maybe not really valuing 
winning the tournament as much as qualification for for the Olympics. So this is their eighth consecutive qualification for the Olympics, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a some kind of world record. Isn't uh, deep, but I guess that was the main objective. Well, I mean, you could tell by the way that they celebrated the semi-final. That I think, you know, like the celebrations were pretty wild. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you now think you've got a chance of not having to serve in the military. Um, they still must have been gutted to be 2 0 up ahead and yeah, and lose <clears> too. So, and I mean, <clears throat> I think it, it doesn't matter the tournament. I mean, if you're playing like under twenty threes, whether it's you know football, uh, badminton, baseball, tennis, whatever. I think if you're playing your biggest rivals, I mean, I know how how I feel that whenever we play England, I mean, I don't care what we play England, and I wouldn't to beat them. I mean, wings. anything, anything at all. I mean, I want to take solitaire. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I want to say like humping as much as possible. So I, I don't b believe that they weren't fired up for it. I think, I think they were just, uh, they just lost the bottle, and I think that's the problem with with Korean national teams and Korean players in general. I'm not sure that they actually have the bottle for the fight. I think when they're ahead, they play all the fancy football and all the, the kind of short, small, simple passes. But when the when the tough gets going, it's very, very rare that you see them fight back. So obviously, when we did last week's podcast, it was just before the the day before the semi-finals, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, we obviously know that based on the review here, Korea and Japan got through to the final, both qualified for Rio, which left one spot open for the winner of the third place playoff. It did, yes. Um, did you watch that? Uh, I didn't actually know. I didn't. But that was Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. It was Qatar the host versus Iraq. Uh, I, I didn't actually watch it at all, but I do know that uh, Iraq qualified and will join J Japan and Korea, obviously, in in Rio. Yeah. Um, not. I mean, again, I think when you have a look at those three teams, like uh, Iraq, Japan, and Korea, I don't really know that Iraq has that many uh, over twenty-three legends that they can call on. Do you know what I mean? They like, kind of bolster their their squad, so I don't think they'll do particularly well at the Olympics. Korea will all almost certainly call up Son Heung-min. I would be stunned if he doesn't get a call up. Yeah, and probably one or the other. Foreign base, but I think they get two. Is it one over, one wild card or two? Maybe just one. What overage players? Yeah, is it not three? It's a three. It used to be. I don't know for this tournament, but it used to be three. Yeah, so you can imagine if, you, if you're going to call up three players: Son, Son Young Min, Ki Sung Young, Chadri. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though. Like what? Ki Sung Young. Well, he's he's already exempt, so why? Do probably not. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Do you, do you think they'll call up the three best over 20, over 23 players, or do you think they'll do tactical players that need to get out of their military service? And well, Son is in that list for both, yeah? Yeah. I mean, he is, unfortunately, one of the better Korean players, and he needs to be exempt. So, I mean, Son's definitely called up. You would imagine, would they call up Key? I mean, I think we've learned on the past in this podcast that every time we speculate, it's very much wild speculation. Yeah. So. But I mean, you you definitely say Son will get called up, and then I would think if there's if there's two older players that are close to having a do military service, then they'll get called up. I'm not sure it will be the three best. Yeah. All right. Okay. What else have we got to talk about today? Uh, I guess next up, uh, moving on swiftly from 
from the the AFC. Now it's over. We, we can start focusing and concentrating again on on, on the K League. Uh, I know that everyone was like really excited for the last like, well, I guess the last three weeks because uh, FC Seoul have been releasing their uh, season tickets in as many stages as a Saw movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, have they actually released the prices now, or are they still saying it's red, it's gold, it's red and it's gold? It's metallic Sorry. red, metallic, metallic gold. Red, yeah, but the thing is, they ordered mine off of iPark, not my Soul season ticket. I don't have one of them yet. Yeah, does anyone? Uh, uh, I ordered my song number one a week ago, and it's still not arrived. So I think I'd be shafted by Interpark. But anyway, uh, for me, well, Soul season tickets actually went on sale today. So today was the first day you could okay. actually buy one. That's been, that's been two and a half weeks. So yeah, I think two weeks ago they released the design. Last week they released the prices. This week they gone on sale. Okay, have you got yours yet? I have not. No. <laughs> Call yourself the Diablos. You've been, you've been first in line. Uh, so your serial number was zero 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 one, as opposed to like zero zero one hundred, because that's a bit as many as you sell. Actually, uh, FC Seoul do run a competition every year, so they give away tickets to an away ACL game in either Japan or China. Oh, really? To the, the per, to, I think normally it's the person who gets the first season ticket. Mm-hmm. The hundredth, the sa- the thousandth, and then whoever buys the most season tickets. The most? Yeah. There's someone who buys more than one. I guess there's someone that buys like have many for his family or does it on behalf of. Well, I've, I've bought a load in the past because I normally buy it on behalf of several Diablos because they don't. They Go. They're, they're not. Go. <laughs> they're not members of the the site. You need to be an Team. official member of the FC Soul site to <laughs> yeah. actually log on and do it. So. Oh, because you don't do it through Interpart, that, that, that's right, yeah? Yeah, we do it through the FC Soul website. website. Okay, that's right. So, you're going to let, I mean, you're going to like, let us out of our misery and tell us how much the season tickets were? And I'll tell you how much song names were? Can I do it in a Dr. Evil style? Uh, you can, and I don't know if you can do anything different than that, but okay. The season ticket for FC Soul this year is... One million one. Yeah, so I heard, right? Yeah, but that's not. I mean, that's for some different, right? Yeah, that's for a, a seat in the the Sky Lounge, which is basically they've taken some of the executive boxes and converted it into a a bar. Okay. So you pay a million, you get to sit in relative comfort, and you get un, unlimited beer and presumably some snacks and stuff like that. Okay. The actual price for a regular season ticket is 150,000, which is an increase of 10,001 on the last th- two or three years. Okay. Uh, with that, you get entry to all home league games, mm-hmm. league, FA Cup, or Champions League. Uh, you get uh, your little gift, which this year is a, a file of facts. I think a file of facts. It's, it's not a colander, right? No, okay. and they're do, they're producing a special. I think it's a cloth badge to celebrate the FA Cup win. Oh, we got that on our tops last year. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, you also get the uh, the player card each week. So they do like panini stickers for, yeah, for yeah. the players to get one of those each week. Uh, and they have a, a bonus ticket, so I did do that on them. For every five games you go to, you, you can get one bonus ticket that you can use on a friend or... which is 
quite often what you how you were getting in. A song name for every five games that you go to, you get an interview by the police asking why. <laughs> you get caught cartel to the loony bin. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I, I don't know what song names gifts are. Um, this year, uh, the last time I got a season ticket, it was either a scarf or a mug. Um, or if you were Alistair, you were a mug that bought a scarf. Uh, this year, I don't know what it'll be. Uh, I'm not really imagining I'll get it because no matter what it'll be, it'll be too small for me. As generally happens. And not because you're loose the voucher when you're drunk. Uh, I think that may have happened two years ago, yeah. I think two years ago, the girl said, you, you want a, a muffler or a cup? And I was like, ah, oh, I have a muffler. <laughs> so I didn't realise what she was talking about. <laughs> and I, I got this cup and I threw it away because I was like, I don't want a cup. What do I want a cup for? And then I asked the scarf was really smart. I was like, damn. Okay, so there are 150, you said? 150. For like, the standard standard end? Yeah, the supporter. Well, so, to the end? The north and the east end, isn't it? For north Seoul? and east, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Songnam season tickets. Yeah, well, Songnam this year decided to split their stadium up into about 15 different colours. Um, it would seem, I don't really know what, quite what they were going with here, but anyway. Uh, so, for those of you who know, there's a, a temporary stand at Songnam. Which is where the, dare we call them, the ultras, the singing section, the supporters go. What, both sets of them? Uh, oh, well, there's about 14 sets of song as well. But the, uh, there's a, the ones that used to be behind the goal. Yeah, they're all in the there now. All in the same bit. Uh, I think. Well, at the end of last season, they were all in the same section, so I'm assuming that they've joined forces. There's still the university guys who come with the big drums. But actually, one of the drums is, in actual fact, a fridge full of beer, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Um, and they have all the little girls who come. When I say little girls, they're not that little. Uh, they have all the girls who come and sing and cheer. So they'll still be in their own section. But definitely, for the two singing, the two main singing sections, I believe they have joined together this year. Um, so they'll be in uh, what's going to be known as A, I guess. Uh, which is a ninety thousand won a ticket, so that's what my tickets for. Uh, it's ninety thousand won. People may think, "Well, that's like really cheap," but, about, but it has no roof. About and about ten less games as well, right? Um, Compared to Seoul, once you strip out the Champions League group games, the second round, the quarter final, the semi final, the final, and all the FA Cup games, getting through to the final. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if if that happens, then yes, yeah, it's ten less. It, but if, any, if history, if, if last season is, is anything to go by, it'll be three less, yeah? Uh, plus the FA Cup games. This will be none because you'll get put uh, away to Suwon or something like that. You said comparing to last year. <laughs> oh, compared to last year, okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, it, it has no Champions League games, obviously, because we're not in it. But it does have uh, FA Cup games, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's 90,000. The next section up was this really weird. Uh, is just right next to it, but is under a cover, which is 10,001 more. And I'm still trying to work out exactly if that means I can't stand under the cover if it's pissing the rain, or if I actually have to be forced to go and stand in the temper stand. It also might mean that uh, I'm going to have to try and smuggle alcohol in somehow, because there's really stringent searches in the temper stand, but I'm sure I can work that out. Then, basically... There's another couple of sections, but then the, the next big one uh, is going to be the the new VIP section, 
which uh, is the bottom tier of the Skysock, which is 300,000. It's interesting, I, don't, I think the... Uh, but that must come with something. The, the gap between the VIP seats at Songnam and Seoul is not as big as the gap between the regular seats. Yeah, uh, but the VIP seats at, at Songnam, uh, I'm assuming that must be for something extra than just a seat in the bottom tier on the halfway line that's not that close. I mean, the Tempestan has by far the, the better view, yeah? So the VIP must come with something. You get a, a uniform. Okay, so it has a top, which is 90,001. Yeah. Yep. So it has a top, which is, which is like worth 90,000, yeah? Okay. And then the change for, for this year is the old Skysock. Yeah. Which uh, was once known as Sock. But isn't that well, sorry, what was known as Skysock, and then last year was uh, Sock. This year, there's going to be a separate gate, and that season ticket is 120,000. Okay, so that's our club's call. Uh, yep. That's our club's dealt with. Do you know what anyone else is charging? I do indeed, yes. Uh, but we, so we'll go to both of our favourite other team, yep. uh, which is Suwon. And uh, Suwon season tickets are all over the place. 130,000. 130,000 for, for their version of N. Um, so, yeah, so for Behind the Goal, 130,000. For the other singing section, which is E, so they're the same as a, a sang I guess, yeah, it's 130,000 as well. Yeah. And for their version of the VIP, which I think is they have two versions of the VIP. They have two N's and W. Um, I don't quite know what the difference is. I guess one's near the away fans and one's at the home fans, I guess. Yeah. The one nearest the away fans is 140,000 and the one nearest the home fans is 180,000. Yeah. And then their VIVIP section, which is bang on the halfway line, which I've been in before, so I didn't know that was actually VIP. Anyway, because uh, I was in there for the Yurawa Reds game, uh, it's 250,000. And then they've got their VVIP, 350,000. Yes. VVVIP. Which is the director's box in old club style. Yeah. In the you know, old style British stadiums, that would have been the director's box. But they also have the 1.8 million thing, which I guess is a similar idea to so. Uh, that's the family, so you get five seats. Five seats. Okay. Yeah. Five seats together. So the interesting thing is that for the the gold class tickets, the three hundred fifty thousand tickets, it says that the the cost of buying a ticket individually for each match would come out to one point one million over for basically, I guess, on nineteen league games. Yeah, they don't seem to split. Unlike the Songnam tickets that were split into how much it would cost per game. Yeah, they don't actually seem to split it down that way. Uh, so at Songnam, if you wanted to turn up at Songnam, it's ten thousand one for the cheapest section, twelve thousand one for Skysock. But um, also with the Suwon season tickets, you get a flask, a notebook, diary, and some scabby-looking blue T-shirt. Yeah, that's for the T-shirts for the children's tickets. Yeah, yeah. 
Then the flasks, though. The, the flasks? I don't know, yeah. Yeah, it's a, well, it says a tumbler in Korean, so yeah, oh, flask. Okay, so that's obviously uh, the team that's going to not make the split. Well, they make the split, but just not in the top section anyway. Uh, the team that's going to be fighting for the league. Uh, obviously, John Book. Uh, let's quickly go through their prices for their ENN. It's 70,001. No wonder they're full. Uh, the next sections up are both 80,001 each. And then I guess their VIP section, their W section, is 100,000. But you know the 80,001, right? They've called, one of them's called the Sonsu card, so the player card section, uh -huh. and the other one's the lady section. So I think I've seen at other places that, that um, I think someone was talking on the forum the other day and saying that women getting a discount is discriminatory. Yes. But here at Chumbuk, they're paying 10,000 more. I think 10,000 more. But doesn't the lady section come with uh, calendars of the players? Topless and stuff. Uh, isn't that what, uh, wasn't that what Anyang were doing? Like last season, right? Anyang had a ladies' day or a ladies' section, and basically the players went in there and signed autographs, and they also got calendars at the game. Uh, I don't know, nor do I really care. Yeah, but that's what they were doing at Anyang anyway in, in the ladies' section. But yeah, John Book tickets, very, very cheap. I mean, probably the cheapest we've seen so far in the K League. Um, well, it's really classic. So yeah. There doesn't seem to be any section. There doesn't seem to be any explanation of what the ladies section is. Yeah, I guess the ladies himself will know. Yeah. Uh, the ladies section is reserved. To, there's only a hundred tickets sold for it. Okay. So, they look after your bag for you. Wow. You're allowed to participate in escorting the players onto the pitch. Wow. And you get a calendar. Told you. <laughs> a calendar of Edonguk topless. Oh, there you go. But for for uh, for the basically cheap sheet, cheap season ticket with a seventy thousand price, they get a uh, a uniform a uniform style t shirt. So I guess that's the, the replica as opposed yeah, to the replica, authentic. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, that's a pretty amazing price for a season ticket. You know I mean, yeah. I mean, they have the VIP sections and stuff and so on, but the, the very fact that for their, like, basically, for the Mad Green Boys, they pay 70000 is, yeah. is a pretty amazing price, to be honest, for a season ticket, yeah? Okay, next up, we'll have a quick look at uh, Inchon United. Inchon should be paying you, but anyway, they're not. Uh, Inchon's tickets for their... So their standard price for E, N, and S. Uh, so that's right, because they have, they don't really have, they have the, their VIP section is like the W section, but they actually have home fans in the in the away stand. In the away stand, yeah. Uh, you pay one hundred thirty thousand uh, for the W section, which is across and has the, you know like the, the, the two tier stand. You pay two hundred thousand on the halfway line, and I guess the top tier of that is three hundred fifty thousand. I guess. Yeah, that's the premium. The premium, yeah. Uh, their, their discount for... Because I noticed with Songnam also, it said that if you if you bought one last year and you're renewing, you get yes. a 10% discount yeah, for Songnam. Yeah. Here it's just a, a 20,001 20, discount on. So slightly more than 10%, about 15%, yeah. isn't it? 
what they don't say about the, about the, the song that I'm on is that if you spent three three weeks trying to order of, of, of Interpark and couldn't do it because you were a foreigner, they won't give you the 10% discount. <laughs> also, if the shirt doesn't fit, anyway, let's not go back to that again. You should come to Seoul where we welcome people of all shapes and sizes. Yeah, yeah you, you just, I'm glad you stopped at the last minute there. Uh, and then let's go on quickly and swiftly on to the famous uh, Jeju United, where it's basically you get the stadium free with your season ticket this was the <laughs> so best. you can rent out for a party this was the best deal of last season right yeah and I think it's still the same 70,001 for a season ticket uh, and they'll give you a free Yunbit Gram goodbye t-shirt as well incredible 70,001 season tickets ladies season ticket at Jeju 50,001 that's because there's no ladies in Jeju I guess. Uh, yeah. So VIP section, uh, one and VVIP, two hundred thousand one. So the only price that we have uh, for a challenge team is obviously Eland, who are generally pretty quick at pr promoting these things. Uh, I know last year the season ticket prices were really high compared to. Uh, I'm not really sure where they were positioning positioning themselves in the market. Yeah, the waitros of football. Yeah, I mean, they are a petite club, I guess. But this year, I think they've obviously seen the error of their ways a little bit. Uh, and they've gone with their adult season tickets, their general season tickets, are 150,000. Uh, if you're renewing from last year, you get the massive 10,001 discount. Uh, they do, they actually also have opened up a new stand which is going to be behind the goals uh, and I believe that's something like 200 I think I'm not really quite sure I can't see that on I don't know how, how much it is but I think when I read it on their Facebook page it was about 200,001 so yeah so they've obviously not quite priced themselves relative to their league but they have at least realised that 200,001 season tickets are not the way to go for a challenge team I do believe they're the only team on Interpark that actually has a foreigner button when you buy their season tickets as well. That's so Martin get his season ticket. Yeah, yeah so Martin and Dan <laughs> can buy their season tickets just, just in case they get fired happy through the season and then they watch from the stand. <laughs> so so Dan, can, Dan can't actually give us free tickets, he has to actually go into Interpark and buy tickets, yeah, yeah, so he yeah. might not give it to us. Speaking of which, Dan, where's the tickets, mate? Well, now the fixtures have come out for the challenge. Maybe he'll. Uh, we did. We did see that their first match is something we could potentially go to. So. Yeah. So I guess that brings us on to the the, the fixtures then for the challenge. I guess they will. We'll give you more season ticket prices as they come in, but that's all the ones that we know right now. Um, but yeah. So I guess we can move on now and have a look at what the what the the kind of interesting challenge fixtures are. I guess. So none of them. Well, I guess that the big one is, as you said, that Elan's first game uh, is at home. It's also an, an as international... As the second, for some as reason. As the second, yeah. yeah. It's also an international weekend, which... Uh, well, an international week, sorry, which should allow us to basically uh, go to the game and record live from the game, I guess. Yep. That's the, the plan as it is. I think the first round is 26th of March. Um, 
as you said, no K-League Classic games that weekend. So it's marked in our calendars, penciled in, I should say, at this stage, so for us to go along there and... Yep. First first uh, game of the season, go along there, maybe live podcast, couple couple of Swedish hot dogs. Smuggling some cardboard cut out so we don't have to go there again, but we can be seen to be there. <laughs> we'll get some selfies taken and just like, put them up at the back of the, the back of the stand. Get maybe like a little tape recorder going, hey Dan, 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 Dan. The Alan Patches. So, so, so who are they actually playing first? First week of the season. Tunji Hamel. It's probably a good easy game for them to get started, is it not? Well, you think so, yeah. I mean, although unless I'm very much mistaken, I think Tunji with their with their bogey team last year. Uh, I have vague memories of Stevie saying things about that, but maybe that was Gangwon or someone else. But anyway, I wasn't really paying that much attention. It was Stevie was saying half the time. But anyway, uh, only kidding, Stevie. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I would like to see them come up. I think. It would be good to see them get promoted, not just because Dan's been on the podcast, but it would be good to see them get promoted. So hopefully they'll get a good start. Hopefully we'll get you know like a good game. Maybe even try and get pitch side. So we obviously know who Eland have got in the first game. Paul, any other games that kind of tickle your fancy? Any other games that stand out for you that, that week? Or the first couple of weeks? I think based on last year... The outstanding game for me is Tejon, who got relegated against Tegu, who almost got promoted. And Tegu were probably one of the more exciting teams for last year, weren't they? A bit unlucky not to get promoted. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think, although Tegu did have... Uh, Jonathan. Yeah, so I guess they don't have him anymore. But I think they have brought someone else in, I believe. Like I think they did bring another Brazilian in. So yeah, so maybe yeah. I mean, Dejan Deca that could be a big game. You think Dejan will get twenty thousand? Uh, probably not. Then they'll get two. Uh, probably they get more than two. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit bad. Uh, you, you disagree? You think there's a better game out there? Uh, I don't know if it's a better game, but I think one of the fixtures that I will be looking at in the challenge. Obviously, as we discussed, I actually do. I should do want to see Elan get promoted this year. Uh, and one of the other fixes that I will be looking at will be Pusan. I want to see if Pusan can, can bounce back. They're, they're one of the founding clubs of the, of the K-League. I mean, I think it, it is probably, it will be important to see if, if they can come back up pretty quickly. Of course, you do know that um, when Seoul government was looking for someone to fill Sangam, Pusan was the other, the other potential team that bid for it. So we could have been watching a relegation a relegated team last year if Putin had been chosen instead of Anyang. So, yeah, because they done with Pusan to Seoul. That was, the, that was the plan. But then Pusan wouldn't have got relegated because people, people in Pusan love baseball. So they probably have still had a, a good enough crowd coming in. But it's interesting because you could be watching FC Seoul of Pusan. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, for I think for me... Every week for the uh, challenge fixers, as I said, I will be looking at probably seeing who who, who uh, Busan are playing, see if they can bounce straight back up again. Unfortunately for avid K-pop fans, uh, Buchon are not playing at home in the first two weeks, so we have no idea when AOA will be gracing the fields of Buchon. They're not playing at all the first week, are they? They're not playing. They're there to buy the first week, then second week they're away to Chengdu. 
So we're not going to get any any K-pop acts until week three at least. But we'll keep you posted. All right. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff that the K League have released this week. We're going to go through it, zip through it, in in quick, quick time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently, the K League not happy with coming up with some ridiculous slogans of the past. I've apparently adopted the Adidas Erotica Ball. <laughs> it's not the Erotica Ball, it was the Era Jota or something like that. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, so I thought it was the Erotica Ball. So that's the uh, the official ball of the, the Olympics this, this summer. Uh, and it's being used in all the Kaylee games. They put some spiel up on on the on the website about it, about the design, how it reflects the, the green and gold of Brazil's flag and the waves of the Copacabana beach. Um, it's a ball made by Adidas. I think K League are in, a, in the middle of a seven-year contract with Adidas to supply the balls for the, the K League. So, so if if the ball is not called erotica, yeah, does that mean that we can't have erotic ball beer? Because <laughs> that was my next joke. You better come up with another one then. Well, then it was erotic ball beer girls. <laughs> it's all kind of like falling apart at the seams. Okay. So yeah. So how long's that contract got left, Paul? Do you, do you know? Uh, finishes in 2019, I think. Okay. And then at which point they'll use a different ball maker, I guess. Or go back to do this. Well, I guess they'll have a they'll have a a uh, bidding process. Yes. Tender a tender process. A tender. That's so what she said. And then they'll see whether, well, it's either going to be Nike or Adidas, presumably. But oh, there's someone else comes in and the the manner that New Balance brings out a ball. They've, they've they've done so well with their disintegrating kits. Anyway, okay. Uh, we obviously we also sorry have the K League finances were released this week. Yep, the the K League announced their financial statements for the year 2015, which uh, which would mean nothing at all to me. Uh, or Stevie, but luckily we have a, an ex-accountant in our midst. A trained accountant, current accountant still. I'm still still a member of the accounting association. That's like me saying I still work in IT, just because I used to be a computer programmer for 10 years. Yeah, but I still have an accounting license. You have an IT license? Do, do you pay subscriptions every year? I don't pay anything, mate. <laughs> Haven't you heard? I don't pay my gas bill. <laughs> Never mind, that's a, a subscription to the IT council. <laughs> Anyway, the listeners don't want to hear us bickering about like some old married couple. <laughs> I'll text you later on. Uh, yeah, so the financial statements were released, sort of. Very simple. Uh, it showed that the K-League's income last year was about roughly $24 million. Which is roughly Ronaldo's salary for a month. That was broken in that. Da- Broken down into six and a half million dollars for TV rights, three and a half million in sponsorship, uh, two point seven million in also sponsorship, but a different kind of sponsorship. I'm not quite sure. They don't even go into detail about what it is, but I assume one of them's like the fixed contract for yeah, the Oil Bank League, and yeah. the, the rest is sort of pitch side minor sponsors and things like that. But I don't maybe the ECL and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They got about six and six and a half million from the 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 fund from the sports betting, the Toto. Uh, got one point seven million of other business income, 
and 3.2 million of non-business income, which they don't bother to explain what it is. I love, I love non-business income. It's non-business, guys. So what, what, what does that mean? Donations? Um, typically, it would be maybe they own some properties here or there, and so rental income on properties mm. or no, I guess, yeah. interest on, their, on any cash they have in the bank, that kind of thing. Uh, they had about $23.5 million of expenses. So they spent about $4 million on league operation expenses, such as so all the relative expenses to running the K-League, the Champions League, the Junior League and the All-Star Match. They spent $12 million on ad- advertising and marketing. So I think most of that is like image rights for that they pay to the clubs to use photos yeah. of the teams and think, things like that uh, and they spent another three million on what they call expansion and re- revitalization which in their explanation is basically parachute payments to the teams that get re- relegated okay support for the military teams so i assume sangju and ansan and then prize money uh they spent well the rest of it's quite relevant two hundred thousand on education so they operate a K-League Academy where they have various football-related yeah. people come in and learn how to manage a football team on the business side. Uh, they spent 500000 on organization expenses, $3 million on admin, and 300000 on non-operating expenses, which was mainly corporation tax, which left them with a profit of $700,000. That's insane. Uh, they released this year's budget, and it's roughly the same. So, yeah. So you, you kind of, after reading that, you kind of ask yourself, how how is it a viable entity as a business, you know what I mean? Well, they made a profit of $700,000, so... It's not a lot, is it? But... but I mean, $700,000, that's not a lot of money to be coming out of at the end of a, of a football season, surely. I mean, okay, it's a profit, so yeah. they're making money, but you could imagine that, I mean, right, like, when you compare, for example, that TV but, deal, right, yeah. of six and a half million, yeah. now, I can't remember these figures properly, but I think last year the Chinese TV deal was eight million, and this year it's something ridiculous, like 200. Yeah, it's, it's gone up massively, hasn't it? So, I mean, that's why they're able to sign you know, like Ramirez and blah blah blah. You know what I mean? And they go in for like PSG's Lavezzi and stuff like that. I mean, because like that's the difference. They've suddenly got Premier League silly money, haven't they? Yeah. The, the, the thing is, that who's that TV show in the game too? And I think this is the big difference, which we maybe discussed, maybe not on the podcast, but these the EPL was being shown globally. The Chinese league's never really going to be shown globally, is it? Really? But they do have a million people to, who could potentially watch it. So, uh, sorry, a, a billion people. A billion people, yeah. I, I think, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we're hoping to have on a, a Chinese football journalist to talk about s- Champions League, so maybe we can ask her some of these questions at that time. Yeah. And come up with another serious podcast. Yep. And I think also, they, you know, like a question that, that we were asked on our Twitter was whether or not we thought K-League teams could ever dominate the, the Asian Champions League again. I think on that podcast, that's something that we'll cover as well. Like, whether we think they can ever like wrestle the 
the dominance back off of the Chinese teams. But looking at these figures, based on the Chinese figures, you'd have to say the answer to that is no. Uh, I mean, statistically, it's bound to happen once every... Well, it did with Western Sydney Wanderers, but... Yeah. yeah but, but, I mean, we're talking about being the dominant force in Asia again as opposed to winning it once every now and again. So, I, yeah, I don't think they'll be the dominant force. They'll be the... the the EPL of the, champ the European Champions League, won't yeah. So they'll be there or thereabouts, but they'll only actually win it once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was interesting to have a look at you know the idea of they spent twelve million on, on advertising, and they brought in what um, what was that? They brought in like nine million in sponsorship. It basically, like, they didn't really they, they spent more marketing the product than they actually did. Uh, can I get money back in for that? So I guess the uh, K League must have had um, some kind of official meeting this week because they released a whole bunch of yeah. official notices. The the other one that caught my eye was that I think we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. They changed two of the, two of the teams this year have changed their names. Yep, and those were all ratified this week. So Ansan Police are now the Ansan Mugunghua. Yep, which means which means flower or something. Yeah, Some it's, kind it's, of flower. It's a kind of flower. Yeah, it's yeah. A hibiscus in English. Okay. And I believe that's the the official flower that you see painted on every police car. Oh, okay. Or it's like part of the police badge. So. so they're still keeping it in terms of the police. And it's also the the yeah, it's also the the, the national flower of Korea. Okay. So you know when they do the national anthem, part probably you don't know, but it's one of the things in the national anthem that that flower comes out as well. And it's also the name of one of the trains. Yes, it is. Yes, the Mugunghua train is like the slow train, which used to be the fast train. Before. Used to be fast train, yeah. Before the ITX and KTX. Yeah. Uh, the other team, Koyang High, which used to be Koyang Alleluia, mm -hmm. which used to be Ansan, whatever. Uh, they are now Koyang Zykro. Zykro which I assume is the name of a company that's sponsoring them. Either that or I assume is Brazilian or Portuguese for some uh, ministry that they go on, I guess, when they go overseas. They'd be, as we said last week, like on their training camp, they, you know, they, 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 from, from time to time, they do sort of missionary work and stuff like that. So I mean, it could be some, I have no idea where the name comes from. I thought it was a very interesting name. But yeah, I'm assuming that they'll still have the same three fans that follow them, whether they're called Hallelujah, High or Zycro. Yeah. So. And last but not least, um, the K League are running the a competition right now to come up with a, a slogan to represent this year's competition. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few names, yeah. They came up with nine, I think nine different, uh, um, well... What they, the way they run it is that they, they say they're having a competition and anyone can write in with a slogan and they'll pick a short list, I think it's nine this year, yeah. and then they'll open it to a public vote for a week or so, and then they'll choose one. And I saw it's the, the way they're going to choose it is based 70% on voting public and 30% on a panel of experts, which gives them some way to actually control what gets selected, I assume. Um, should we take a look at the nine entries? Yeah, let's have a quick look at them. I mean, I think I, I remember one or two. Um, I, I remember chuckling at one or two, but yeah. Uh, I think one or two of them are quite clever, and one or two, one or two of them are clearly ridiculous. 
and then the rest were sort of okay but not particularly inspiring okay so there's uh, four of them sorry five of them are written in english and four of them are in korean yeah yep okay so, so we'll, i'll we'll do the english ones you do the korean ones sounds good to me yep so i'll go first uh, the first english one is fans are why we play i thought i was doing the english ones yeah we talked about that uh, fans are why we play that's theoretically true true yep maybe not I thought money's why we play. Uh, I thought it was a move to China is why we play. Okay. Um, the next one I kind of like. Do challenge, be a classic. That's a kind of t- typical Konglish slogan, isn't it? <laughs> it's, well, I guess what it means is like, start off in a challenge, work your way up and become a classic player. I mean... Or maybe not. I, I like the way that the person sort of tried to come up with something which... Includes both leagues. But... Sort of A for effort and five for execution. Yeah. A for effort and Z for execution, I think that is. Uh, the next one, Fantastic League. I actually, I actually quite League. like this one. Fantastic League. Fan- so, Fantastic League. I don't really get it. I don't understand it. Fan- it's supposed to be Fantastic League? It's supposed to be Fantastic League. Fanta- it's supposed to be Fantastic K League, right? But mm. they've... They've taken the C out of fantastic and replaced it with a K. So you've got fantastic K league, but okay. I quite like it. That's the one I'd vote for. Okay. You mentioned you took the C out of something, I thought you meant something else. Okay. Um, next one uh, is also an actual old Durex advert, but anyway, play and go. Um, I do believe that actually is an old Durex advert. <laughs> Probably not the best one. Play and go. Um, no, that sounds like a bus service. Um, and then uh, the next one, oh, cheeky wee mix of English and Korean. I like it. <laughs> Our pride, Kiriga. Um, it's for it, yeah, I mean. Very, very simple, but it does do the English and Korean. Mm. And I think that would get everyone on board. And I think that would get everyone, everyone agreeing that it was the best. It was a good slogan. Okay. Okay, uh, then we move on to the Korean slogans, i.e. the ones that are actually written in Korean and not in English. Um, and my battery's run out, but no, it hasn't. Okay, uh, the first one. You want me to read it? Yes, please. 너의 발굴에서 역사가 쓰여진다. Which is exactly what I feel when I watch K-League. So that basically means history is ri- being written by the end of your feet. True, in a way, yes. in a sense. That's not too it's bad. It's very poetic, isn't it? It's very poetic, yeah. History's been written by the end of your foot. I, I actually quite like that. I just think it's a bit... I don't, I don't know if it's going to work, because I, I think they're going to go with an English slogan. But anyway, but I, I actually quite like that. It's a, it's a bit long, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit long, yeah. It's a bit long. Slogans tend to be kind of short and sweet and kind of jazzy and catch your attention. Yeah. Okay, next one we have... Noa na Uriye Kerig. Ah, okay. You, me, our K-League? You and me, our K-League. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, you and me? Who is the you and me? Me? You us? and me, apparently. The, the podcast? We, we should we should adopt that as our, uh, our <laughs> that, that, podcast. That's going to be our podcast one. Okay, so the K-League don't take it, then you'll take it, yeah? yeah? You and me, our K-League. Okay. That's how I feel when I go to a game. No one sits next to me anyway. That's how I feel when I look at the podcast. That's <laughs> you, me, and no K-League. Okay. Okay, sweet. Okay, uh, the third one. 
K리그는 한국 축구의 심장. Uh, K-League, Heart of Korea. Yeah, uh, Heart of Korean football. Heart of Korean football. Okay. Um. Uh, well, could could it be the Heart of Korean baseball? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. K-League, Heart of Korean football. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure it's true. Not sure it's true either. Okay. And the last one. 우리의 하나 그 이름 K-League. Um, the name which will make us one K-League. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> That's my my professional opinion of that one. No. So question is, question one is which one would you choose? Uh, I guess for me, um, you know what? I'm going to go with the one that I think is bad English, but I think he probably did his best to use both the leagues. Do a challenge, be a classic. Um, I'm going to stick with Fantastic League. Thing is, I, I think it's uh, I think it's false advertising. Uh, I, I do like I, I like do a challenge, be a classic. I, I like that idea. It's like challenge yourself and become a top player. But there are nine entries here. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, you'd expect a nice round number, so I think we can probably insert one in of our own. What would you? What would you? What have you got any ideas you could come up with? Yeah, uh, Kaylee Classic, The Road to China. <laughs> that would be mine. Paul, what would be yours? Maybe I'd do K League uh, 12, 11, 21 Shades of Football. Yeah. I reckon. That uh, sounds like a winner to me. It does, actually, yeah, it does. It does. It's supposed to be 48, which is, which is no longer accurate, actually, I guess. Because we've lost, lost one in game three. Yeah, so I guess we'll go on however many that is. I don't think. F- 48 was always based on the number of grounds rather than the number yeah, of teams, yeah. right? So, so one of the things that caught my eye today is that, along with all the pictures of FC Seoul heading off to Japan for their second training camp, the FC Seoul official Facebook page put up a, a list of friendlies they've got coming up. Um, quite an interesting list, I think. Well, yeah, they seem to be playing quite a lot of friendlies against Japanese teams. And also playing Gambo Osaka, FC Tokyo. Yeah, they're basically between... 2nd February, so tomorrow, their first friendly, and the 13th of February, which will be their 6th friendly. Uh, yeah, they've got quite a lot going on. The first game they've got coming up tomorrow is against the, the, the Chinese team from the North Korean prefecture, the Yimbian, I forget what the second part of the name is, but the, the, the team that signed Yimbigram over the, mm-hmm. over the transfer window. Uh, then on Thursday they're playing against Gambara Osaka. Sunday they're playing against Kyoto Purple Sanga. Although what constitutes a purple sandwich, I don't know. Maybe beetroot. Uh, yeah, some kind of some kind of root vegetable enemy. Then next Wednesday they actually play twice on the same day. Once against Jubilo Iwata, mm. and once against Honda Rock, which I think is some factory team. And then on the day before Valentine's Day, they play against FC Tokyo. So, quite a strong lineup of opposition there. The other thing I also noticed is that they they're doing the training camp in Kagoshima, and the hotel they're staying at actually put a massive banner, like a, like kind of like a TIFO banner, saying yeah. "Welcome FC Seoul." Or, oh, that's nice. That's very nice. I guess they've been going there for the last three years. Yeah, so, so I guess they're, they're pretty well known there. I also saw Elan put up. A, a 
their schedule of preseason friendlies, which follows roughly the same date line, sort of every couple of days. Yeah. Uh, I can't recall off the top of my head who they're playing, but it's mainly university sides, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And also, Suwon have played a couple of friendlies, as we mentioned last podcast, I think. Uh, John Book had played a couple of friendlies as well. Mm. Uh, they had won one, lost one. Suwon last week, last, I'm not sure what day it was, last Tuesday maybe, played Slavia Prague. Uh, they lost 1 0. They're in Malaga, I believe. Or Magalov. One of those uh, party beach resorts. Uh, they also played a Chinese team, beat them 4 1 or 4 0. And I think their third friendly is tomorrow, I think. T- today they were all out playing golf today. Which is always good practice for when you're playing football the next day. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from Songnam about their pre-season friendlies, but I do know that they've been playing university teams in Korea, I think. I think Songnam are more, are concentrating more on uh, releasing uh, photographs of Dad's army. That's <laughs> like everyone that they're signing is like 36 years old. With uh, Mota, ex-Songnam legend, who apparently is still affectionately known as the god that is Mota. Um, making a return. Interesting. I mean, it's been getting slammed a little bit by a few people, but uh, if you can have half the impact that Reina made and Kim Do-hyun made last season, then it's going to be a good signing. For this year, at least. For this year, it's fun, yeah, well, yeah. I, I can't really talk because we got day back, so... I don't think Songnam are really living in the in the future. I think they're living right now in the here and now. They want to get the ACL, that's it. Uh, their, their goal this season is either to win a cup win the cup or I guess to finish top four anyway so as we talked about earlier on obviously like last week saw the beginning of the ACL yeah enough talk about friendlies let's, let's talk about yeah. games that actually, actually count games that are actually going to start forming uh, who who will be in, in like the Korean teams leagues uh, group stages for the ACL so last year was last week was the, f- the first preliminary round we've had uh, Mohan Bagan versus Tampon Rovers so Indian representative versus the Singaporean yep. representative. Uh, one, well, one team is or one one country's already lost total uh, interest in the Champions League for this year. We thought it would be. We predicted that the Indian team would probably win, purely because they they were at home, which meant they must be the better team. Yeah. Which I'm not sure how we got to that, but anyway, uh, they won three one. Uh, a stellar performance from. From uh, Glenn, who used to play for the Trinidad and Tobago uh, international team. Yeah, he actually played at the 2006 World Cup. Yep, uh, in the same group as Sweden and England and, and Portugal. Paraguay. Paraguay, and you'd appear in it. Oh yeah, Portugal not England out later on. <laughs> I was watching that, it's probably... Um, yeah, so, I think their star player was not the six foot two galoot that fell over twice and managed to score a goal, <laughs> uh, but actually missed a penalty. Uh, it wasn't Glenn, it was actually some little uh, Haitian? Haitian, yeah. Haitian guy, uh, who was like, all over the left wing, who just looked absolutely brilliant. Uh, he kind of reminded me of Mehdi Tool, who used to play for Kilmarnock, who used to appear on Soccer AM showboating every single week. But he played for Kilmarnock and they were absolutely rank. But he would just like, take the piss out of every player in the Scottish League. <laughs> it was pretty amazing to watch. 
I mean, it, obviously it's difficult for us to make a, an informed judgment based on a four-minute YouTube video, but he did look like a really skillful player. Yep. Um, I think he's had quite a checkered career. So he spent uh, a couple of years, well, before before moving to India, where he's got 11 goals and 22 appearances, he spent two years in Bangladesh, where he got 30 goals and about 45 appearances. Yeah. Uh, before that, I think he was second second division in Mexico. But he, he definitely caught our eye, didn't he? Yeah. His name is Sonny Norder. Um, yeah, I mean, he's... What, an 89? So he's like, what, he's like 26? I mean, you've got to imagine that, you know... I mean, he, he definitely looked a player. As you said, how can you tell from a, you know, like a kind of four-minute YouTube video? Yeah, because let's, let's be fair, what's his name? Raphael... Whoever that useless guy, Soul signed. Raphael Costa? Raphael Costa. He didn't look, he didn't look terrible in his YouTube highlights video. Jorginho looked amazing when he signed for Songnam last year. He looked absolutely brilliant. Uh, in his YouTube video, but then again, so did Raphael Shite when he signed for Celtic. <laughs> so I guess that I guess that that, that, that can happen, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he definitely looked. I mean, he set up. Uh, he, he he was involved at the very least in all three goals. Yeah. Um, it should be like, noted as well that the yeah, as we talked about, Cornell Glenn. Uh, it was a guy who like, notched in, uh, in the second goal by actually trying to side-foot it. The ball bounced off his leg. He tried to then hit it with his left leg, fell over, and the ball rolled into the net. Yeah. <laughs> it's like amazing. Please, everyone go and watch it, yeah? Uh, so the third and final goal was scored by uh, their Japanese player, Yusa Katsumi. Who is, uh, he's about 27, he's an attacking midfielder. Um, he's not had a particularly great career for the last like nine years yeah he obviously started off at Hiroshima he made one appearance uh, then he went out to a team I've never heard of on loan so presumably some lower league Japanese team uh, then he we scored well he made eight appearances and he went somewhere else Gifu Gifu second which was his yeah, reserve team, reserve team yeah. uh, didn't play at all in two years there Went to Paraguay, didn't play at all in two years there. Then he ended up in India in 2011, where he seems to have actually found his his spot. Yeah, and like was that in a few years he's played maybe about 80 odd games, maybe just short of just shy of 80 games and scored like 26 goals. Not great, but then he he's, he's an attacking midfielder. He's not he's not an out and out striker. I mean, the goal he scored in this game was basically two meters. Off the goal line, wasn't it? And, uh, but it was still literally further out than Cornell Glenn's. Yeah. <laughs> and Glenn had no one in front of him. The goalkeeper was lying on the deck crying, whereas Yusa still had to beat the goalkeeper and the defender. So, yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell on that clip, but you've got to say that definitely they were, from what we saw, the, the better team. Yeah. The only concern he would say is that the goal that Tampin did score was probably some of the worst defending I'd seen since, I don't know, probably Saturday night, the Korean national team. Yeah. This is to the status and, uh, and just let them through. Uh, so, yeah, so they're going to be facing up against... Um, so, so their reward uh, is to play against Shandong Luang Taishan. Yep. Um, 
who won with the Sim will win that game, just based on the fact they're Chinese. Yeah, you just seem so. And I don't know that much about them, but uh, I don't know much about the Chinese league at all, which is why we're going to get someone on to, to kind of preview. But you, you've got to look at it and say that, yeah, based on last year, with Guangzhou, RNF beating uh, CCM, I reckon the Chinese teams are a little bit kind of stronger than, than, than the other nations, and I think... Although, although someone did disagree with that on Twitter, right? Someone, yes, someone did tweet us saying that, well, we, we would, when I, because obviously these two teams are in potential opposition mm. for Seoul, and when I said at least we know now that Seoul won't be going to Singapore, someone did reply to that saying, well, I think Adelaide might yeah. shade it over Shandong because they're underprepared. But yeah, I guess all will be revealed within the next ten days. I guess, yeah. So you, you have Shandong against uh, Mohan Bagan. Uh, that will be tomorrow. Yep. Also, the first game of the Premier round is old uh, like FC Souls rivals from, from last year. Yep. Hanoi TNT. They will play Kitchi. So that must be the second team in Vietnam versus the champions of Hong Kong. Yep. Uh, haven't watched Hanoi TNT last year at uh, Sangam World Cup Stadium that was one of the worst footballing teams I have ever witnessed in my life I think I finished 6-0 or 6-1 or 7-0 I mean it was it was horrendous to watch the fact that they're playing someone that they're supposedly better than because they're, they're at home it's kind of just no idea how bad Kitschy must play so my mum's going to be in Hanoi coming through yeah uh, next up, we have John Burry versus Yangon United. Yep. John Burry are from Thailand. Thailand, and Yangon United are from Myanmar. Myanmar. Uh, no idea. Can't really make a prediction on that at all whatsoever. Uh, Could assume the home team again, but no idea. So, f from Thailand, Buriram went straight into the group phase. So yeah. Chomb got two tie two tie teams in this preliminary round, so one of them must be the Thai second place team, one must be the Thai Cup winners. Yeah. I don't know which is which. No idea. But again, you've only got one representative from, from Myanmar in the in the competition, so you, the Thai team surely has to be favourite. Yeah. Plus I've heard Chon Buddy as well. They made it into the group stage a couple of years ago, I yeah. think. And then the final game is Muang Thong United, also of Thailand. This is Johor Darul Tazim of Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, they were actually the second place team, but because the first place team in the Malaysian league came from Brunei, they obviously couldn't qualify. What I, I'm going to say is that I have no idea about Malaysian football, but all I do know is that they have mental crowds. And if this was at home, I would say they would win. So they have like 90,000, 100,000 that go to games. Because I have no idea why they, their stadiums are incredible. Because right now, Rob Cornthway is playing for the Malaysian team, I believe. Old Corny. Old Corny. Old Raw. Raw Corny. Uh, he he loves it over there. I'm assuming he's... He plays for the Chahas. I don't know who he plays for. Uh, but he's... I saw a few of his photographs on Twitter of like the crowds and stuff like that. I have a friend who lives in Malaysia as well. And it's like, I think they're... And they seem to be insanely passionate about their football. Because I took him to Suwon Songnam and he was like amazed that the stadium was like, a quarter full. 
so if it was at home, I would say they might beat them. But again, you've got to imagine everyone who's at home is in the is in the nation that's higher up the rankings than the nation that's that's second. You know, that's away. Sorry. So my money's going to be on four home wins. But I know nothing at all about it. But I, that's what I think. I think any hope for an away win. No. No. I mean, having watched Mohan Bagan uh, on that four-minute YouTube video, I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to say that. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's geared towards the home teams winning it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say four home wins, and then in the next round, I think you may see a bit of a. I guess the shock. the away teams in this round are really minnows. Yeah. And then when you get to the next round, there are a couple of medium-sized teams at least. Aren't yeah. There, so. yeah. I mean, you have the Chonburi, who have definitely been there before. Chance against Tokyo, probably not. But Shandong, Luang, chance against Adelaide. Yes. Potentially, yeah. Wangtong United, chance against Shanghai SIPG. No is, that, is that Sven's group? Sven's team? Yeah, not if they sign who they're signing. Yeah. Like, if, they, if, if the rumours are true, if they sign half the players, that they've been linked with, that that, that team is going to romp that game. So Shandong haven't been one of the teams that's been getting linked uh, on on Twitter with like you know the the influx of like high high cost and European based players. Um, so maybe maybe they will struggle a, a little bit more than some of our teams, but definitely uh, I think that could be a tough one for Adelaide. But I still reckon yeah, you're looking at mostly home home wins. All down the table, but you, th- you got to think that the, the challenge of the uh, the logistics of getting a- actually getting down to Adelaide. There's not going to be a direct flight. They're going to have to fly from yeah. Shandong to somewhere to somewhere to Adelaide, right? Yeah. Plus, you have the weather conditions that are different as well. Yeah. Usually different. So you got we're in the middle of a freezing cold North Asian winter here. It's going to be the heat of summer there. Yeah. I mean, Guangzhou RMF did knock out uh, CCM last year. So that I guess that's the only thing that kind of makes me think it could happen again. But yeah, I would be surprised. All right, I guess that's it for this week. It is time for some outro music, Maestro. Yeah, um, I think there's only one thing we can say is that Korea have qualified for the Rio Olympics. Based on our conclusion of their play, they're going to crash out when it, they're going to choke at the, the key moment. So they're going to be sunning themselves on the beaches yep. for the rest of the tournament. So what do you reckon? Her name is Lola. She was a showgirl. That's about all they'll see. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. With yellow feathers in her hair. And a dress cut down her ass. She would merengue. And do the cha-cha. And while she tried to be a star. Tony always tended bar across the crowded floor. They worked from eight till four.